0: Coming up on Jerusalem Dateline, a look at the Oslo Accords 30 years later. What were the promises made and what have been the results? And a new embassy opens in Jerusalem. We'll hear from a friend of Israel who was there. Plus, crossing cultural and religious boundaries to help women succeed, an innovative program called Fem Forward. We'll also see the creative work of three female ultra-Orthodox visionaries. All this and more coming up on this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Hello and welcome to Jerusalem Dateline. I'm Chris Mitchell. Thousands of Israelis took to the streets this week in support of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's plans to reform the country's judicial system. The protesters rallied outside of Israel's Supreme Court on Thursday. They believe an overhaul of the judicial system is needed to rein in the power of unelected judges who they say abuse their authority.
1: I'm here because uh, we had enough of one side only, demonstrating, talking, expressing views which are completely not representing the major part of the Israeli society. And it's about time that that uh, silent majority will also raise its voice. Meanwhile,
0: Israelis who oppose the changes see the judicial reform efforts as a power grab by Netanyahu and say it will weaken the government's checks and balances. Next Tuesday, the Supreme Court is scheduled to hold a hearing on the legality of the first major judicial reform bill. Well, decades after a celebrated peace agreement, violence continues between Israel and the Palestine Liberation Organization. Today, a look at why some believe the Oslo Accords never had a chance at success.
2: CBN News Middle
0: East correspondent Julie Stahl brings us the story.
2: In 1993, President Bill Clinton had great hopes for the Oslo Accords. The goal
3: was to bring about peace between Israel and the Palestinians, to stop the bloodletting on both sides and to really get to a situation where both sides could live together peacefully one next to the other.
2: PLO Chairman Yasser Arafat and Israeli Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin shook hands on the White House lawn after signing the deal that Clinton himself referred to as a brave gamble.
3: Whilst the Israel and the Israeli representatives we so desperate for peace, so hungry to bring about this new generation, this new Middle East. The Palestinian Liberation Organization, um, Yasser Arafat, remained terrorists throughout the process.
2: Legal analyst Maurice Hirsch says the Accords never had a chance because the Palestinians didn't consider them as peace agreements.
3: Yasser Arafat, soon after they were signed, likened the accords to the Khudabiyah agreement that Muhammad signed, which he then used as a, almost as a Trojan horse to conquer Mecca. And the PLO never gave up on what it said was it, its 10-point plan. This was a plan that it adopted already in the 1970s that says, we will take any territory given to us and then use that territory as a basis to continue attacking Israel and to bring about its ultimate demise.
2: Italian journalist Fiamma Nierenstein interviewed Arafat shortly before the signing.
4: I took out uh, a map of of Israel. I gave it to him (laughs) with a pen in the other hand. And I told him, please, draw a line where you want the border of the Palestinian state to be drawn. He got furious at me.
2: Nirenstein says from Arafat's point of view, he saw the agreement as another way to attack the existence of Israel, a subject she wrote about many times.
4: It was almost a mortal sin not to agree with the idea that we were going through a period that was supposed to become one of the best and most important moments in the history of peace.
2: Believing Arafat had actually changed, she says it appeared Israel ignored his years of terror like the 1972 massacre of Israeli athletes at the Munich Olympics.
4: Israel was mesmerized by the idea of becoming a normal country while was vanishing in the air, even the memory of how terrible all of these years until the very moment when they had to meet.
2: Peace from the Accords not only didn't materialize, it got blown out of the water less than 10 years later by the Second Intifada.
4: What was most astonishing for me was not only the dismissing of all the terror against the Jews. What was the most amazing thing was how Israel was implementing, 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 while the other side was doing nothing.
2: Since the 1993 signing, Palestinian terrorists have killed some 2,000 Israelis, and the result hasn't been good for the Palestinian people either.
3: In 30 years, they've managed to take Palestinian authority from a society which wanted peace, to re-educate them, to brainwash them into hating more and more Israel and then sending their children literally to die.
2: Watchdog groups like Palestinian Media Watch regularly document how Palestinian television, school textbooks and camps encourage violence against Israel.
3: They've given them knives and guns in their hands and sent them to kill Israelis. And then when they die, they use them almost as cannon fodder to attack Israel. Well, look how many Palestinian children Israel has killed completely without context, complete without saying, well, we sent them to die in order to use them to attack Israel.
2: In spite of this, Palestinians and their allies have managed to convince many in the international community that Israel is the villain.
4: You know how, just defaming Israel at the very core of its existence, saying that it is an apartheid state, that it committed a genocidal, uh, trying to delegitimate Israel from the side of the human rights.
2: And now, evidence is emerging of a third party financing and organizing this hatred instead of what's appeared as Palestinians carrying out isolated attacks.
4: These are people that uh, are connected by the money, the weapons, and the hate for Israel that is typical of an international ring that has his main uh, center in Iran. Iran has entered the game.
2: Hearst sees the best way forward as convincing world leaders that the Oslo paradigm has failed. We
3: have to see that peace, for example, between Israel and Saudi Arabia is first and foremost interest of both countries. The Palestinians Mahmoud Abbas who has denied his people a democracy, has incentivized and rewarded terrorism, has
2: rejected every single offer for peace that Israel has made. Nurenstein adds that while continuing U.S. support is positive, the Jewish state's only hope is to be strong in itself. Julie Stahl, CBN News, Jerusalem.
0: Up next the ever-growing list of countries standing with Israel and placing their embassies in Jerusalem.
1: Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has chosen us from all of the nations and given us His Torah. Audiences are raving about oracles of God.
3: I believe this is an extraordinarily well-researched movie that indeed
0: speaks about the integrity of God's Word. It's a real faith builder.
2: It encouraged me to,
5: to realize God's hand in preserving His Word throughout history. If
0: God is not faithful to His Word, He is not faithful. But this shows that He is.
2: What is it? I don't know. I thought you could tell me whether or not they genuine.
5: I would describe this movie as inspiring, captivating,
2: excitement.
3: It mattered to them to get it right. Everybody should watch this movie.
1: Oracles of God, the story of the Old Testament. Available now for a gift of any dollar amount. He walked with the living God and showed us the keys to the kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. Pat Robertson, evangelist, humanitarian, statesman, educator, author, and visionary. Watch Pat's story and be encouraged by his many teachings. Go to cbn.com pat to learn more about what the Lord accomplished through this remarkable servant. As we enter the Jewish New Year, there's no better time to explore the holidays of Israel. In CBN's free guide, Israel's Major Holidays, you'll discover why these special occasions are so central to Jewish life and culture. You'll even learn about the biblical feasts and festivals that Jesus observed throughout his life. Get your free copy. Call 1-800-700-7000 or go to CBN.com slash Israel holidays.
0: In recent years, as a show of support for Israel and its thousands of years of history, some countries have moved their embassies from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. President Trump led the way by moving the U.S. embassy to Jerusalem in 2018, and other countries soon followed. Also in 2018, Guatemala moved its embassy to Jerusalem, and in March 2021, Kosovo located its embassy in Israel's capital. Three months later, Honduras followed suit. And last month, one more country pledged to establish an embassy to Jerusalem in the future, the West African nation of Sierra Leone. This week, a fifth country joined the US, Honduras, Guatemala, and Kosovo by moving its embassy to Jerusalem, Papua New Guinea. I spoke with a friend of ours who attended that historic event, Thomas Sandel from the European Coalition for Israel. Thomas Sandel, founder of the European Coalition for Israel, great to be with you here in Jerusalem. Also here in Jerusalem, Number five, the fifth nation has actually moved their embassy uh, here to Jerusalem. Tell us about that.
6: Yeah, I was very honored and, and privileged to be part of that historic event uh, last night when Papua New Guinea opened their embassy in, uh, in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but I think the speech that the prime minister gave, how he explained that this was a, a biblical principle. This was a way for Papua New Guinea to uh, honor the God of Israel. He explained, for example, he said, well, what you, your people have done to us is to preserve. You gave us the Bible. You preserved the Bible. You were the custodians for so many years. Uh, you know, you you've, uh, protected it with your lives. And we are so grateful. And this is just one little way for us to, to uh, pay back and to pay tribute to, to Israel.
0: You're on the front lines of diplomacy at the UN, of the European uh, Parliament. there in Brussels. How important is it? For nations to move their embassy here to Jerusalem?
6: I think it's important for a number of reasons. Uh, I would say, as a, as a matter of protocol, no other nation would have their capital, uh, the location of their capital, questioned. I mean, it's a given. It's up to the Israelis to decide what is the capital of, uh, of the Jewish state. And then for other countries to follow diplomatic protocol and just accept it and move their embassy to, uh, to Jerusalem in this case. I also think it's uh, it's a minimum sign of, of appreciation of, of uh, the Jewish state and the Jewish people to just recognize the importance of Jerusalem that goes back thousands of years. And who are we to say that uh, the Jewish people don't have the right to to Jerusalem as their capital or that it should be divided somehow? I think this goes completely against all the uh, the logic of international politics today. We're not talking about dividing Berlin anymore. We're not talking about dividing Paris even though there are those who, who uh, you know have a different uh, religion and ideologies. Uh, but in the case of Jerusalem there are still so many nations who just treat it very differently.
0: Yeah, And as the prime minister uh, said, is, there's a biblical promise of a blessing yeah. to these nations as they bless, uh, bless Israel. Uh, you're on the front lines of this, uh, this battle over uh, Israel. Uh, tell us about what it's like to be there at the UN or the Human Rights Council or at the European uh, Parliament uh, as you advocate
6: for Israel. I, I think the first thing that we acknowledge is a lack of, um, uh, a lack of knowledge you know, many, many people and, and very prominent political leaders still have this perception that there was a Palestinian state with uh, Jerusalem as its capital and uh, and somehow this narrative of, of the Jews coming as colonialists and, and so on and so forth. And um, it's only when you go back to the historical facts and you say, well, listen, this is actually what happened, just to mention San Remo, the San Remo Resolution as a legally binding document nobody has heard about San Remo and that's why it's so important that we can be there just to present the facts
0: yeah in San Remo being the treaty that was signed after World War one they really establish a national homeland for the Jewish people in the land of Palestine yeah Yeah, and that really is crucial for
6: educating nations as well as uh, the populace and as you know Chris we we have this quest to see uh, Uh, The very place where this happened, Villa de Vashan in San Remo, somehow be restored to a heritage center for the Jewish people, a place where they could come and and, uh, hear about it firsthand, have a reception. It could be a research uh, library, exhibitions. And and this is something that we are praying and hoping very much that could uh, uh, become a reality, perhaps this year as Israel marks its 75th anniversary. That would
0: be a great thing, a great (laughs) milestone for Israel and help educate people the value of San Remo. Thomas Sandel, great to be with you again. Thank you. Up next, women across the Middle East team up in high tech, the inspiring initiative that's helping women become leaders in the tech industry.
1: 2023 marks Israel's 75th anniversary. Wanting only a homeland of their own, the Jewish nation has survived war.
2: I was so scared.
1: Terrorism.
2: I saw so my husband
6: covered in black.
1: And waves of anti-Semitism. It's a message of killing Jews. You can stand with the nation of Israel and support their basic right to exist through CBN Israel. Your donation makes it possible to give humanitarian aid to Israelis in crisis, while simultaneously reaching millions worldwide with breaking news and award-winning films that tell the true story of the Jewish people. Will you stand with Israel during their 75th anniversary? Call 1-800-265-0996. Go to CBN.com slash Support Israel or text CBN Israel to 91999. Download the CBN News app 24-7 news from a Christian perspective at home or on the road. One place for all of your news. Breaking news alerts. Set daily prayer goals and pray for news stories. Read the most important news and watch CBN News Channel Live. CBN News, because truth matters. Go to CBNNewsApp.com to get the app today.
0: month marks the third anniversary of the Abraham Accords, the agreements which normalized relations between Israel, Bahrain, and the United Arab Emirates. Morocco and Sudan also joined the accords in the months that followed. The U.S. brokered the deal under the leadership of President Donald Trump, and it's resulted in increased cooperation between member countries, the sharing of technology and resources, and a recognition of Israel's sovereignty. Ties were further strengthened this week as Israel's foreign ministry, Eli Cohen, visited Bahrain, his first trip to any of the member countries. Morocco's president, Ainam Meyara, was scheduled to speak before Israel's Knesset this week, which would have been another first. His visit was postponed, however, because of a medical emergency. A direct result of the Abraham Accords has been increased cooperation across borders between members of the tech community. One Israeli initiative strengthened ties between Israelis and Arabs as it helps women achieve their potential in a high-tech world. CBN Middle East correspondent Julie Stahl has that story.
2: It's called Fem Forward, a unique organization helping women climb the high-tech career ladder. And now it's making connections
4: between Israeli and Arab women. We started off trying to solve a very simple problem, but complicated, in that women in the tech innovation ecosystem, in high-tech companies, women and men start at the same level. But somehow men advance and women stay in the lower management level. So we wanted to close that gap.
2: Jerusalem Deputy Mayor and Fem Forward co-founder Fleur Hassan Nahum says the organization provides women in junior positions training and mentors to reach for the stars and it's been successful for several years.
4: Our friends at the American Embassy here in Jerusalem said to us, well, why don't you take this to the Middle East? And our first destination was Morocco, where we opened this amazing program with 12 Moroccan women, 12 Israeli women, both Jewish and Arab women from Israel. And so far, it's been incredible, an incredible experience. Wafa
2: Bushita from Morocco is a sales manager for an outsourcing company connected to Microsoft Canada. There is this program that I saw one day on uh, Facebook,
5: and it said that it helped women, other women, to help women into progressing in their professional careers. And it was like,
2: this is the time for me. Bushita credited the various courses offered and the value of her mentor. Recently, I got promoted again.
5: It was out of the blue. My mentor helped me with the entire process. How to write my CV, how to go through the interview, how to negotiate for my salary, and how to put my skills forward so that I can differentiate myself from other
2: candidates. Bushita came to Jerusalem recently to complete her course and found the experience amazing.
5: At first, I thought there's going to be a culture shock because we're so different. But we actually were able to pinpoint a lot of similarities and how we live and how beautiful, like, the differences are. To get to know different people, their perspective.
2: And I'm sure that I'm going to make friends who are going to last forever. Israeli Adi Shaz, an engineer at Samsung Israel, says she gained many tools.
5: It was amazing and exciting to meet a woman that I never get a meet in another opportunity. T- We're so much similar to each other. It's weird because the things that are similar is a,
2: a lot more than the difference between us. Ida Candil started My Tindy, which exports handicrafts from Morocco to all over the world, including Israel. She especially joined bonding with the other women.
4: I don't see people with nationalities. I see them as individuals. So to me, it was great to work with people. Everyone was so... I would say everyone was very um, passionate about this program and everyone had like goals. It felt good you know, to be around professionals and be able to talk about our careers, our development.
2: During a gala at the worldwide North African Jewish Heritage Center, Stephanie Hallett from the U.S. Embassy praised the program's spirit of cooperation and progress. It embodies the Abraham Accords themselves, whose purpose is based on a very simple premise
1: that diplomacy and communication can promote greater stability,
2: prosperity, and hope. So let's commit tonight, as we are committed publicly to support peace, prosperity, and women's empowerment, especially, embracing the values that unite us all. Co-founder Rachel Rosenzweig expressed her enthusiasm at being involved. For me, just
5: looking around the room and seeing what I now I hope my sisters from Morocco and Israel Um, has been really, really special and actually mind-blowing to know that because of Fem Forward, we're all together.
2: Hassan Nahum sees helping women build confidence as the most important benefit and adds they've received requests from Africa and the U.S. to add to their work. And in the Middle East, they hope to do a program in Bahrain this fall. Julie Stahl, CBN News, Jerusalem.
0: Still ahead, young Israelis are seeing the horrors of the holocaust up close thanks to the incredible technology of virtual reality.
7: Experience God's power in Superbook Summer of Faith, three stories of God's miraculous protection for those who hear His voice and believe what He says. You'll receive this end-of-summer bonus with Academy Express, Jesus Feeds the Hungry.
5: Five loaves and two small fish are not enough to feed all these people. Jesus can do miracles.
7: Join the CBN Animation Club and get Academy Express, Jesus Feeds the Hungry. Plus two copies to share with others, all for your gift of only $25. And as part of our Summer of Faith bonus, receive three Superbook episodes demonstrating God's awesome power. This special program, hosted by Gizmo, features a sing-along music video, a Bible background lesson, a gospel presentation, and even a family resource guide filled with scriptures, coloring pages, and other fun-filled activities. Join the CBN Animation Club, and for a limited time, receive the Summer of Faith Bonus as our way of saying thanks. Here, Committed to a heritage of rigorous scholarship dating back over a thousand
5: years, and to a faith tradition dating back a thousand more. This is how we create a culture of inquiry where no topic is off limits, and a culture of hope. Anything's
1: possible.
5: It's Christian leadership,
1: and it's changing the world for the
6: better. It's higher learning. It's greater knowing. It's what makes us whole. It's what makes us region
1: If you're tired and exhausted all day, you can't think clearly and you really just need a cup or even a pot of coffee to get through your day, then join me, Dr. Josh Axe, for this new series where I'm going to teach you how to transform your diet and use essential oils and supplements to get a better night's sleep.
4: Wake up to your best life. Call 1-800-700-7000 to get your free DVD or booklet of Protect Your Sleep today.
0: the lines of Femme Forward from our last segment, this next story is about a film made by three ultra-Orthodox Jewish visionaries who happen to be women. Their goal is to increase Holocaust awareness, especially among young Israelis. And they pulled off what had never been done before, filmed a virtual reality experience in Auschwitz. CBN Middle East, Middle East correspondent Julie Stahl has more.
5: Steven Spielberg didn't get permission when he did this. Why do you think you're going to get permission? Who are you? And when people said, who are you? I remember looking at Hani, my friend, and I told her, we're God's daughters. And we started to pray. We had a miracle. We got permission to film in Auschwitz-Birkenau during COVID for three
2: days. Three ultra-Orthodox women filmmakers pursued this production because of a passion for their community. Orthodox Jews often choose to be set apart from mainstream society and don't allow their children to travel abroad alone. So they rarely experience the reality of actually being in Auschwitz.
5: Most of the students in Israel go to Poland at the age of 17 or 18. But in the Uttal community, it doesn't happen. We don't go. I lived in a village with a lot of people. When they came back with this super, super powerful experience they had, suddenly I felt that I've missed something. I have six children. As a mother, I can understand that people don't want to send teenagers outside the country without them.
2: Cohen shares how the technology intensified the sense of being alone, as well as feeling surrounded by the sights and sounds of Auschwitz.
5: Virtual reality it's an amazing tool. The first time I put the headset on it felt like I was there.
2: Auschwitz, being closed by COVID, gave them permission to film with drones. So we could have a drone shooter
5: from the morning until the night. And you'll see the film. There's this part when the drone goes inside Auschwitz, it goes up, and you see the massive camp. We worked so hard on the sound of the film and the music. You can hear the people that are in the train that are coughing and crying and sound of babies crying. And that's not something you can see when you're on the ground. What happened is when we came back, everyone wanted to to watch it. Ultra-Orthodox, Orthodox, orthodox not orthodox at all, Christians and Muslims, everyone.
2: While Cohen and her team made this film for their community, they hope it goes much wider. A first step toward that goal came in January when they released it in London.
4: This is one of the greatest ideas about the next generation of educating for the Holocaust.
2: More than 70,000 Israelis have experienced this VR phenomenon, and Cohen plans to release it in New York later this year. Julie Stahl, CBN News, Jerusalem. Powerful story. Well, that's all for this
0: edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Thanks for joining us. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can also access CBN content through our CBN News and other CBN apps. And don't forget to sign up for our email blast so you can continue to receive all of our exciting CBN content. I'm Chris Mitchell. We'll see you next time on Jerusalem Dateline.